0: People, we are back, finally, on another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Third, and we apologize for not being around the past couple of months. We were having some technical difficulties, but don't worry, we are back. Unfortunately, if you're here for Lou, uh, he has a terrible job, which requires him to now work nights. Sometimes. This is one of those nights. So, we'll be flying solo once again after a long period of time off. I'm very excited to be back, so let's just hop right into it. So now, I'm recording this on Thursday, right before the Giants and Eagles game. Can't wait to watch that, it's going to be great. Um, not really, but you know, it is what it is. It's football, so we'll take it. Uh, so this should be put out Friday morning, which means we can preview some games for the weekend, the Sunday slate. So we're just going to hop right into it, because you know I love football. Here we go. So um, we'll spend some more time on games I think are a little more interesting than others. Um, and that's totally okay. And maybe we can put a little fantasy spin on it. So first game on the slate according to uh, you know the schedule here. Detroit at Atlanta. Uh, we're going to spend a couple minutes on this one for a few reasons. Uh, obviously a lot to catch up on. Dan Quinn got fired like a week and a half ago now. Um, the Falcons got their first win last week. Uh, thank you to Kirk Cousins for being absolutely horrendous and turning the ball over multiple times in the first half. So, there you go. Um, and the most ridiculous touchdown the Julio Jones have ever seen where Matt Ryan, like, borderline cross-line of scrimmage, ran back, threw it over, and now here Julio is wide open. Um, Should have seen that one coming, though. Julio never scores touchdowns. I was playing against him in two leagues, so you knew he was going to go off last week, and he did. Uh, he probably won't score a touchdown for another ten weeks or whatever. Um... The reason I'm talking about this game, because you're probably like, who cares between the Lions and the Falcons? Um, on Lou's Wednesday article, he was on the Falcons, betting on the Falcons, um, for the Friday Fire, in case you've you know, you've been hanging out with us for the Friday Fire. Uh, make sure you go read that. I'll give you one of my games. This is one of them, bonus game, actually. Um, Taking Detroit. They are, somehow, they're not favored. I don't get how that's even possible. Um, I get it, they're going to Atlanta, but Atlanta's bad, right? I mean, you don't, even if you fire the coach, it doesn't mean your player suddenly got 10 times better in one week. I'm on the Lions this week. Um, They're relatively healthy. If DeAndre Swift is actually going to be playing going forward, he's a little more electric at this point in his career than Adrian Peterson. Obviously, Adrian Peterson's old. And Swift can catch passes out of the backfield. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game because there's two teams that cannot stop anybody. Um, So if you have fantasy players from either of these teams, go ahead and start them because they should all go absolutely nuts. Um, I will say, though, if Detroit loses this game, I'm looking for Matt Patricia to eventually be fired. They're not off to the best start. They've blown a 10-point lead or more three times already. Um, that's not a recipe that you kind of try to follow, obviously. I mean, that just means you're not making any halftime adjustments. And that's all coaching right there, halftime adjustments. So that's why I'm interested in that game. Um, I'm going to take Detroit. So what we'll do here is I'll pick every single game, not against a spread or anything. Um, I'm just going to pick every single game. I'm actually doing pretty well this year. Uh, If you read the Friday Fire, you know that we've literally been on fire. Um, Since week two, we've only dropped one game. So the past couple of weeks, we've been on point there. So I'm taking the Lions in that matchup. Very excited. Now the next game on the docket here is the Cleveland Browns against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll be completely honest with you, I don't really care about either of these two teams. It is fun watching Joe Burrow play, but the man is constantly running for his life. And I'm afraid he's going to turn into David Carr where he just got hit so many times that his eye level just kept dropping, and he's going to be terrible. So I'm worried about that for Cincinnati. Joe Mixon might not even play. Um, And I just saw some of the veterans on defense, Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, are not happy with the amount of playing time they're getting. So I'm not really sure what's going on there um, in Cincinnati. Uh, As for the Browns, you know, Dennis Green, they 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 are who we thought they were. Yeah, frauds, that's what they are. That's exactly what they are. Um, Cleveland's one of those teams right now I will give them credit They are better than they normally are Which isn't really hard to do Because the bar is really low But not the point Um, I mean they did get beat by the Steelers Who I think are like one of the best teams in the league Not just the AFC Um, And it's unfair to put it all on Baker Mayfield Because he was running for his life the whole day Like There was a couple of times he walked off the field His arm was like dangling So he's not healthy But that's not an excuse But obviously it's hard to win when you're on your back so, but look, they just, I don't i don't know what it is. I guess it's just because they're the Browns, and I don't trust them at all to do anything. But last week showed me that they're not ready to compete with the top-tier teams. They're in that, you know, group of, like, solid teams where on any given Sunday, they can beat another solid to above-average team. But when they play someone who is, like, truly elite, they're going to get ramrodded. So... The Browns are not a threat to anyone in the AFC, like the top tier teams, like Pittsburgh, Kansas City, you know, even Tennessee, like teams like that. They're not going to beat any of those teams. Baltimore, um, but they are they are pretty good. But I just don't care enough to continue on this game. Uh, I'm going to take Cleveland mostly because Cincinnati's defense is terrible and Kareem Hunt should run for like nine thousand yards. So it's an easy pickem for me. Next one up: Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. This one I'm going to spend a couple of minutes on why are people still picking against the steelers i don't get it i don't get it i'll say it like i said i will stand on top of the mountain and i will scream it till i'm blue in the face or until i pass out whatever comes first pittsburgh is elite i don't know how what they have to show you to show like you guys that they are an elite team they have a top 2 rated defense in the league. The only defense better than them right now is Tampa. Now, obviously, Pittsburgh just lost Devin Bush, which is actually a huge loss. And the last time they lost their cover linebacker, Ryan Shazier, the defense fell off a cliff. So I'm a little worried about that, but not overly worried. Their offense is super explosive. If Deontay Johnson could ever stay on the field, they'll have like a legit vertical threat with, Clay, like with Claypool, because obviously Claypool's been killing it. Um... Juju is like their possession guy. By the way, Antonio Brown was totally right about that that Juju is nothing without him, but not the point. Um, listen, a top five defense and a top five offense, you could sign me up for that. Like the reason people were hesitant before the season was because of Big Ben's elbow, and I get that. Totally get that. Old Older quarterback coming off pretty much reconstruction of his elbow. You know if he was going to throw. Well, if you've been watching football for the past six weeks, you obviously know that Big Ben can throw. So maybe it's time that we put some respect on the Steelers' name. They're actually getting points this week against the Titans. Don't ask me how. I have no idea how that's possible. Um, Pittsburgh's the better team. Tennessee has given up 30-plus points three times already. And the only, like, semi-legitimate team that they've beated... Well, no, no. Sorry. Let me take that back. The Bills are a legitimate team, and they crush them. They crush the Bills. But if you're asking me... Who's better, Buffalo or Pittsburgh? I don't really think it's all that close at this point. Like Pittsburgh's a much better team than Buffalo is. Um, Tennessee could easily be three and three right now, or something to that effect. If you know Denver hits their field goals, Minnesota doesn't blow a two-score lead, and the Texans go for one and not two, which we'll talk about later because that was just moronic last week. Um, I think Tennessee is good. Like I'm, I know I'm slamming them right now. I think they're a good team, but they're not like this top five team in the AFC like I well in the AFC they, they are, but like in the NFL like they're not a top five team. I, I don't get it. And I think Pittsburgh is gonna go out there and they're gonna roll them. Uh, Lou was on Tennessee this week. no thank you. I'm hammering Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh getting points. you could sign me up for that anytime. I don't care where the game is being played. it doesn't matter. as long as Big Ben's healthy, you could sign me up for that. Uh, so obviously if you can't tell I'm taking the Steelers, Tennessee cannot stop anybody, and I think Pittsburgh is going to control the entire game. All right, let's move on. Next one. Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, I just can't really get behind watching the Saints because they're just so boring right now with Drew Brees. It used to be where they were like this electric team. Like, Remember like 2011, 2012, 2013? When their defense was horrendous and Drew Brees was just like slinging it all over the field. Yeah, well, Drew Brees can't throw anymore. I, you know, me and Lou have been on this since well before the season started. Hashtag noodle arm Drew. But I mean, it's like kind of sad that he literally cannot throw the ball more than like 12 yards down the field without looking pathetic. Like, I, I feel bad for the guy. Uh, Carolina, Lou doesn't like him because Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback. Um, They're actually much better than I thought they were going to be. Like, I thought their defense was going to be terrible, which it is. Their defense is horrendous. But I just thought that was going to put them into a lot of shootouts, which would cause them to lose a lot of games. But their defense is, like, they're selling out against the pass. They're pretty much letting you run the ball um, in a passing league, which is smart because not a lot of teams are going to adjust and pound the ball. The only problem is that Alvin Kamara might go off this week because... I mean, if you're going to give up the run, that you're in trouble. And they don't really have a coverage linebacker now that Luke Keekley's retired. So, I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but I'm going to take the Saints this week. And I don't think they're a particularly good team either, the way Drew Brees is playing right now. And I just saw Michael Thomas um, didn't practice today for whatever reason. It says injury, but I guess we'll see. Because at this point, this guy's like Antonio Brown Jr., With the amount of stuff that goes on with them, I just never understand it. Um, So yeah, like Drew Brees will be there, Sean Payton's there, I'll take the Saints. It'll probably be closer than most people think. Um, It's a divisional game, so they're normally close anyway. So yeah, that's all I got on that game. The next one we can spend all five seconds on. Buffalo Bills and New York Jets. The New York Jets are the worst team in the league. The Buffalo Bills are good. It's pretty easy, you take the Bills. Uh, but I will spend a second on Adam Gase. Listen, Jets fans, to all you Jets fans out there that want Adam Gase fired, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't want Adam Gase fired. You want Adam Gase to coach the whole season because that will ensure that you never win a game. And the best way to get Trevor Lawrence is to not win, which means you need Adam Gase to be your head coach until the season's over. Now, as my dad would say, he would run the ball on first and second down and just punt on third down because that's how all in he is on losing. Jets fans want Adam Gase fired. You should not want Adam Gase fired until the the minute after Week 17 is over. Like when the Jets lose to whoever they're playing Week 17, I don't know who it is, whenever they lose that game, Like on the field, while they're shaking hands, they should report that Adam Gase has been fired. But until that point, you need Adam Gase to be the head coach of your team. I'm taking the Bills. Even after they got whacked two weeks in a row, they played Tennessee and Kansas City. Obviously, Kansas City, we know, is good. Tennessee, I kind of slammed them earlier, but, you know, they're a good team still. They're just not, I don't think they're super, super elite. I think they're right outside that super elite territory, which I think Buffalo is also in. Um, The Jets don't have the talent to compete with anyone, so give me Buffalo. Uh, The next game, big snooze fest, Dallas Cowboys at the Washington football team, which, let me say, the last time we did a podcast, they were still the Redskins. My God, is it terrible calling them the football team. It's horrendous. I can't stand it. Hopefully they come up with a real name sooner rather than later, Uh, but not the point. So Dallas without Dak Prescott, obviously not nearly as good. Um... Listen, we know that when you have a quarterback, you should pay them. They tried to pay him. He didn't take the money and, you know, jokes on him. Now, obviously, I don't want to make fun of him because the guy's injured because that's terrible. Um, And I hope he gets better and he comes back and he eventually gets the contract that, you know, he was looking for or something close to it. But, you know, when you're a fourth-round pick or something, like something low, you know, you should probably take some guaranteed money up front, you know, because, you know, it's football. You never know what could happen. Um And obviously, he found that out. not saying he did it on purpose. Like, if he knew he was going to get injured, he would have taken the money. That's not what I'm saying. But, I don't know. Just something to think about. But either way, he's not coming back this year. Which means Andy Dalton's leading the charge. Now, do I think Andy Dalton is as bad as he was on Monday night against the Cardinals? No, I do not. Is Andy Dalton as good as Dak Prescott? No, he's not. So, Dallas is going to be stuck in the middle somewhere. Luckily for the Cowboys... The NFC East is probably the worst division that I have ever seen. Like, the winner of this division literally might win six games. Like, I'm not even kidding. That's how bad they are. And they're all going to be in divisional wins, which is even worse. What um, For Washington, uh, Dwayne Haskins benched because he's terrible. We knew that the day they drafted him. It was a bad pick, whatever. Uh, Kyle Allen, obviously not the answer. Alex Smith, when he got back in a couple of weeks ago, I was happy he got to play again, but I cringed every time they snapped the ball to this guy. I was like, please don't hit this dude. And then here you have you have Aaron Donald like jumping on his back. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is going on out here? Um, listen, the Redskins should be copying the Jets' model, which is we should try to lose every game, every single game, and hope we end up with Trevor Lawrence. Now, the uh, For Washington, they might have screwed themselves by winning the first week because I don't think the Jets right now are going to win a game. Like, that's how bad they are. Which means Washington would be looking at Trey Lance and or Justin Fields. I'm, I like Trey Lance. Um, I mean, not that I don't like Justin Fields. I just like Trey Lance a lot. But, you know, small school. Didn't play at all this year. You don't know uh, really what's going on with him advanced scouting. And do I trust the Redskins to make the right ra- The Redskins. I'm still calling the Redskins. Do I trust the Washington football team to make the right pick? Absolutely not. Um, but they're in contention for that. This game actually, though, has divisional implications for who, like, could win the division, um, which is sad, because the Giants play the Eagles in, like, two hours from now, give or take, um, as of this recording. I, I don't know who I'm gonna pick. I guess I'm gonna take Dallas, only because Kyle, Kyle Allen's, like, that horrendously bad. But I don't really feel good about it, which is not good for Dallas because Washington's awful. Um, I will give Washington credit because they're in every game for the most part. I'm pretty sure that's on Ron Rivera on that defense. Jack Del Rio over there, shout out. Everywhere he goes, defense gets immediately better. Um, I get, I'm going to take Dallas. I'm going to take Dallas there. If you have fantasy players, though, for either of these teams, I would be cautiously optimistic because both of these defenses are not that great, especially Dallas. Dallas' defense is horrible, um, which means we might get a lot of scoring because of missed tackles, but you also have to deal with terrible quarterback play. But I will tell you, I'm playing against Terry McLaurin in two leagues this week, so he's definitely going off. Everyone else remains to be seen, but McLaurin's going to go nuts. All right, a couple more games to go. We got the Green Bay Packers at the Houston Texans. Now, the Packers are actually that team that kind of screwed me over on the Friday fire last week. Um, They were giving one point to Tampa, and I was like, ah, that's too easy. Well, I fell into that trap again, because I always think the Packers are a really good team. And they are a really good team. Until they have to play someone who's super physical, which Tampa is. Tampa is super physical. And you know what happened? Tampa took it right to the Packers. Like, took it right to them. Which, obviously, we're not trying to do here, right, if we're taking the Packers. Um, But, look, they're playing Houston this week, and I'm not worried. Because Houston would be the opposite of a physical team. They can't tackle anybody. They don't know how to tackle. They don't know what gaps they need to be in. They don't know what zones they need to be in. When they play man, they get crossed up. Their defense is horrendous. They're so bad. They're so bad. And I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because he's literally a one-man team with Will Fuller, I guess. So like a 1.5-man team. Bill O'Brien's gone. Thank goodness. Um, Houston could put up points, that's for sure. We know they could definitely put up points. But aside from that, I don't think they could stop the Packers. Houston going into last week was the 31st-ranked run defense in the league, and Derrick Henry ran for over 200 yards. So now they have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones is a much better pass catching back than Derrick Henry, and obviously he's a tick below him as a like a, just a straight up rusher, but like he's still really good. So I think Houston's gonna have their hands full this week. I'm gonna take the Packers. Um, this is this is gonna bury Houston. I mean, they had a chance to win last week. Speaking of burying Houston, hold on, backtracking. I will. Ne- I don't get it. Why we keep going for two? When we don't have to go for two. You're up by seven. You kick the extra point. You make the other team go for two. Why would you go for two when you can force the other team to go for two? If Houston last week kicked the extra point, they'd go up by eight. Tannehill and the Titans would have to get the ball, drive all the way down the field, score, and hit the two-point conversion. And the absolute worst-case scenario is you go to overtime. But instead, they go for two, they don't get it, and Tennessee wins. Now, with Tennessee might have won anyway, it's possible. But why would you take a risk that's unnecessary when you can make the other team take the low-percentage play? And I get it. Analytics tells you to go for two, even when you shouldn't be going for two. If you're going to go for two, you have to do like what the Eagles did a couple years ago, which is just go for it like all the time. So when you miss half of them, the math actually makes up for it. But you saw last week, the Eagles went for two when they were down two. They didn't have a choice. They didn't get it, but if you go for one there, it makes no sense. So I get that call. Or a couple weeks ago, when the Vikings were in Seattle, and all you have to do is kick the field goal and make Russell Wilson d- drive 80 yards, score a touchdown and hit the two-point conversion. And if you watch the game, the Vikings game in this case, they they went for a fourth down, didn't get it. Wilson went all the way down the field. They did score, but they ended up going for two and they didn't get it. So if Minnesota would have just kicked the field goal, they would have won the game. And I just don't understand this fascination with the calculator telling you to go for two when you should clearly go for one. You know the only time you go for two, like just off the book, is when you're down by two. Like the, the Washington went for two last week and the win. They didn't get it. Now, now that might have been calculated because they're trying to lose, I think. But I just I don't get it. Like, because they're like, oh, you know, when, you, when you're at home, you know, you could play for overtime, blah, blah, blah. There's no fans. At like 70% of these games, they're like, oh, because normally it's because of the fans and home field advantage and all that. What home field advantage? You're literally playing on a grass field. You could line up at some high school somewhere, and it'll be the same thing you're playing at NFL Stadium. There's nobody there. It drives me insane. I can't stand it. It's like one of my pet peeves. Ugh. All right, sorry. I had to go on a tangent there. So anyway, I'm taking the Packers in that game. All right, moving on. Side note, you know what the great thing about a podcast is? You can pause it while you're recording. You know, just finished my rant on the Texans, ate some dinner. We're back. So moving on. We got Tampa Bay at the Raiders. The Raiders have been surprisingly good so far this year. Um, I thought they were going to be like a 6-7 win team. And, you know, they were, you know, they beat the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. Derek Carr's playing really well. I guess having, like, one or two weapons that are actually good can help a quarterback. Who would have thought? Um, Tampa Bay's been kind of hot and cold. Like, when they're on, they crush people. And when they're off, it just looks like the whole team's a little off. Uh, last week, obviously, they were on their game. They killed the Packers. Um, I was really interested in this game because the, you had the Raiders' really strong offensive line going up against the number one run defense in the league, Tampa Bay. Um, Big problem for the Raiders. Their entire offensive line, starting offensive line, is on the COVID list, like every one of them. Um, I don't know who's going to play and who's not going to play because, you know, if they have a negative test or because they're just being precautionary with it because one of them tested positive. I I don't really know what's going on there. All I know is, is that if... I'm starting five backup linemen. There's no way in hell I'm playing Derek Carr. Like, I'm not letting this dude get killed by Tampa's front seven. Like, I'll just punt the game. It is what it is. Like, I need to come out of this game healthy. There's no way I'm letting my quarterback get murdered out there. Um, so I, I was going to spend a lot of time on this game, but now that the Raiders' offensive line is kind of up in the air, I don't really know. Uh, but for the Buccaneers, you know, when Tom Brady... Because Tom Brady, obviously, is not as good as he used to be, but he's still really good. Um, and when he's on, they're pretty much unbeatable, especially with that run defense, even without Vita Vea. just Their defense is so good. Todd Bowles is a really good defensive coordinator. I know we're in New York, so Jets fans, they only remember the bad stuff about him. But, listen, the defense was good when he was there, and they had no talent. And Tampa's got some talent, and, you know, he's scheming things up pretty well over there. Antoine Winfield Jr., I love that guy. I wanted him so bad. Even though the Chiefs didn't even need him, I don't care. I wanted him anyway. We could have played. We could have just sat in a nickel or a dime package the whole game and played three safeties. That would have been amazing. Um, He's a really good player. He's electric on defense. Um, Assuming, I mean, I'm going to take Tampa Bay no matter what, but if the Raiders' entire starting offensive line doesn't play, uh, they're going to get rolled, I think, in this game. So uh, not to waste any more time there. Next one up, Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver always keeps it close with the Chiefs, uh, except for last year when we played against Joe Flacco and we sacked him like nine times or whatever. Drew Locke just went into New England and beat the Patriots, uh, which was surprising because I had Denver losing that game. I think Denver keeps it close. Um, you know, last week we saw the Chiefs uh, on national television, obviously, in a solo game. So we got to see the whole, the whole game. Um, if the Chiefs are gonna run the ball like that, every other team is in big trouble. Uh, Because essentially, if you didn't hear it after the game, they pretty much asked Sean McDermott what he was doing on defense, uh, and he pretty much said that Pat Mahomes is so good that every time the Chiefs run the ball, they're doing them a favor. So, I mean, you have if the Chiefs are if Andy's gonna actually stick to the run, which we'll see. I mean, you got Lev Bell coming in this week. Clyde Burseleir is a good player. Uh, you know, obviously you have Pat, Tyree, Kelsey, every and, you know all those other guys. What do you What do you do if you're if they're actually going to run the ball? What do you do to stop the Chiefs? Because if you stack the box, but well, you 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 can't. But if you stack the box, you're going to give up 90 by halftime. And if you drop everybody back like teams have been doing, like oh we'll just drop you know rush three and drop everyone in the coverage. Well, if you're giving up like nine yards a carry you're not going to stop the Chiefs that way either. It's just, you know, do you want the quick, painful death or death by a 1,000 paper cuts? So, I don't know. The Chiefs defense, they did not play well against the Raiders. I mean, that's an understatement. They were terrible against the Raiders. They caused them the game pretty much by themselves. Um, And I expect them to keep it tight going forward. Like, you know, they kept it tight against Buffalo. That's the other good thing about the Chiefs running the ball. It actually protects the defense a little bit. Um, Denver obviously they're just not as explosive without Corlin Sutton like Jerry Judy is good you could tell Noah Fant's been banged up Drew Locke just came back so they're you know they're kind of all over the place Uh, you know Von Miller's obviously out and he normally gives the Chiefs a problem because he requires a double team even though Mr. Schwartz has done a good job against them in years past he still needs a chip or a double team occasionally he's not there Schwartz is banged up, though, so we'll see what happens on the right side of the Chiefs line. I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this game, but I do think Denver keeps it close. Like, and By close, I mean it's not like a complete blowout. I mean it's like a respectable loss. All right, a couple more games to go. We got San Francisco at New England. Thank God they moved this game out of prime time. I did not want to watch two quarterbacks I can't throw. Um, This is a tough game for me, though. Because you have Belichick who makes bad quarterbacks look horrendous, and you have Shanahan who makes bad quarterbacks look good. Playing against each other, Um, listen, I'm just gonna put it out there: if Cam Newton can't throw because he can't couldn't throw the past couple of weeks, they have no chance of winning. Like the Patriots are a good team as long as Cam Newton is like mediocre. But if he plays how he played last week, like 150 yards passing and two turnovers, they have no chance of winning. Like you just have to be not terrible and they'll win games. Um, as for San Francisco, it's kind of the same thing, to be honest with you. Like, even though Nick Bosa's out and Solomon Thomas is out, if Garoppolo is just not terrible, they're going to win because they run the ball, they control the clock, they try to keep the ball out of your hands. That's what New England does, too. I, I don't like this game. I'm going to take the Patriots only because Belichick knows everything Garoppolo cannot do. And he's going to force San Francisco to do those things. You know, New England always does their best to take away your best player. Um, Their best player is George Kittle. Now, obviously, Kittle, you know, like Kelsey or like Jimmy Graham in his prime or Gronk in his prime, it doesn't really matter what you do to, like, take them away because they're just good enough. They're just so good. You you can contain them, but you're not going to shut them out completely. Uh, So I think Kittle will still have a decent game, but I don't think it's going to be as efficient as it normally is. He's not going to have like a beast game, I don't think. I'm going to take New England. Um, but I, I don't feel good about that one. Jacksonville at the Chargers. Not really much to say here. The Jags' defense is terrible. We knew that. Their offense has come crashing back down to earth, which is slightly above average because they score a lot of points in garbage time. Uh, the Chargers have lost a bunch of one-score games so far this year, including two in overtime. Um, And they probably should have won both of those games. I think the Chargers are a better team than their record is. Justin Herbert is way better than the scouts said he was going to be coming out of college. They all said, you know, he was going to need a lot of work. His footwork is terrible, which it still kind of is. Um, (laughs) But he was just super raw, like Josh Allen. And I remember I watched the Rose Bowl game when Oregon actually let him run. And I was like, wow, this dude could play a little bit. I I thought he was a good pick. Um, but his accuracy, which is always off. So I'm surprised he's been as accurate as he's been to start. But look, he's legit. I, I think he's really good. He might be one of those guys where next year, when defenses figure him out, he's not as good. But then year three, he has like another breakout. Um, but right now, I think this is not really a competition, even though the Chargers defense is kind of really banged up. And um, what else is now The Chargers defense is banged up. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers here. I don't really think it's going to be all that close. I think Jacksonville's running out of gas. You know, they started off hot, but there's only so much you could do. Uh, Last two here. You got Seattle and Arizona, which was moved to Sunday Night Football. I like this game for a lot of reasons. One, I don't like defense when it's not the Chiefs. Any other team, I don't want to see any defense. Just score as many points as you can because I can't stand defense in regular season games. Playoff games, I like close games. But, like, regular season, just throw up as many points as humanly possible so I can enjoy myself. And Seattle and Arizona do that. Between DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Drake and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, it's going to be great. Can't wait for it. Um, you know, Murray's been giving teams problems uh, with his mobility, and obviously we know Russell Wilson is amazingly good. Um, I don't really like to pick this game. I'm going to take Seattle just because they have Russell Wilson. Because the thing with Seattle for me is, I don't think that they're actually good, like, uh, other than Russell Wilson. Like, if you just took Russell Wilson off their team and put, like, an average quarterback in, they'd be not, they'd be terrible. They have no pass rush, they have no secondary. The only thing that's good about their team is their offense, but I'm pretty sure that's just Russell. I mean, obviously, Metcalf, Lockett, and Carson are good individual talents, but Wilson just elevates them to a whole nother level. So I'm going to take Seattle in that game. And then lastly, Monday Night Football, you got Bears at the Rams. I've seen this happen two times already, where the Bears have played the Rams, and the Bears have made Jared Goff look stupid. So I'm going to continue with that trend, and I'm going to stay on the Bears. I know the Rams' offensive line's been better this year, but Jared Goff is still not good. We saw it last week. If you can get any type of pressure on this dude, he's a statue, and he can't move. So I'm going to take the Bears, even though, nah, do I trust Nick Foles? Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, This is like two teams that I don't trust their quarterback at all, and it's like pick your poison. Uh, So I'm going to roll with the Bears on Monday Night Football to win that game. All right, let's segue. Let's segue to this. Uh, We have a little bit of news that came out this week. So today, Minnesota traded Yannick Ngakwe to the Ravens. Uh, The Ravens are officially all-in because they're looking at Des Bryant as well or sign him to the practice squad, whatever. Listen, the Ravens are going for the championship. They know they're going to have to pay Lamar Jackson soon. Just acquire as much talent as you can because it's pretty clear that when they play everyone but the Chiefs, they kick their ass. And when they play Kansas City, it's kind of like their big brother came home to play, and now, you know, they're upset about it because they get killed by the Chiefs. It makes no sense. The Chiefs, when they played on whatever that was, week three, it should have been a blowout. I mean, it kind of was a blowout, but... And then last year, when the Ravens played the Chiefs in Kansas City, the Ravens scored like two garbage-time touchdowns to make it look like it was close, and the Chiefs needed to get a first down to run the clock out, but every time Kansas City plays Baltimore, Kansas City always just seems to pull away. Now, Baltimore, like, they're all in. They have one of the best secondaries, if not the best secondary in the league. They have one of the best defensive lines, if not the best defensive line in the league. And they have Patrick Queen, who's been elite at linebacker on defense. He could run, he could cover. I don't really—what's their hole on defense? They don't really have one. Even without Earl Thomas, they don't have one. It's just—I don't know. I've been watching the Ravens, and I've been saying— they just look off on offense. I don't know what it is. Like, they're scoring points and they're winning, but, like, it's not super explosive like it was last year. You know, like, Lamar Jackson finally. And now, maybe they're containing Lamar Jackson's running because they realize they need him healthy for playoff time. Who knows? You know, Mark Ingram's banged up. They're on a bye this week. And, but getting Yannick Ngakwe, uh, huge for them. Because so Now they have him and Campbell up front. It's just crazy. Uh, the other news that I want to talk about real quick. Um, apparently, Seattle is interested in Antonio Brown. Listen, I said this on the last time we had a podcast, which was like a couple of months ago. Now, you this man should have been on the team the whole time. You could have gotten the best receiver in the league for free, cost you nothing. It's gonna it cost like the bet minimum. And now Seattle's gonna if they if if Seattle signs him. They're going to line up with Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, A.B., D.K. Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. How do you play defense against that team? You, you can't. Because someone's going to be single coverage the whole game, and that dude's just going to go nuts. Well, you're not going to leave Antonio Brown in single coverage. And you're not going to leave D.K. Metcalf in single coverage if you, have, if you watch football at all this year. I mean, the dude's incredible at running down the field. So that pretty much means Lockett's going to be in single coverage, I would assume, most of the time. You still have Greg Olson who could catch passes, you know, and you have Carson out of the backfield. Like that could be real dangerous. That could be really dangerous for the NFC. Like as a Chiefs fan, pretty much the only team I don't want to play is the Seattle Seahawks, and that's even with their defense being putrid. I don't want to play them because that's a type. That's the type of team that will make the Chiefs get into a track meet, and and if they have Antonio Brown. That might be the only team that could put up more points than us. And if you look at offensive DVOA right now, which is the an analytic stat, Seahawks are first, Chiefs are second. They're only separated by half a percentage point, so it's like super close. But, I mean, Antonio Brown's a true game changer. All right, lastly, to wrap up the podcast, I just want to say thank you to the NFL for scheduling more than like two or three games at 4 o'clock. Like, what are you doing? I hate When they schedule like nine one o'clock games, and two or three four o'clock games, like what am I gonna do with that? Like it's just not good for your product. It makes no sense. I don't understand why they do that. So this week it's a little it's a little more evened out. We have four games at four o'clock, and then four twenty-five, and then we have let's see one two three four five six seven games at one o'clock. It's like all right. I wish it was six and five, but it is what it is. We'll take it. Listen. I'm glad to be back. Hopefully, we have Lou back soon for a recording. Obviously, we can have Tom on as well. He's a big UFC guy. I know there's a big fight coming on Saturday. Um, Like a huge fight, you know, Khabib and Gaethje. So, I will talk to you guys soon, or you'll hear me soon, either one. Uh, As always, comment and share. And hopefully, you were able to find this on Spotify, you know, Apple Podcasts, or whatever else you listen to podcasts on. Um, Until next time, I'm out.